0: Good morning. I am Charlie Ungamak and you're listening to an episode of Saturday Morning Coffee on the Gird Up Podcast. Now, as I'm sure you've gathered by now, I am a fan of the coffee. I like to drink coffee. I drink coffee pretty much every morning. I don't put anything in my coffee. I like to drink my coffee black. Um, I drink it every morning, not necessarily because I need it, although there are certainly some days where I feel like I need coffee and if I go a couple days without coffee, I you know, I get the classic coffee headache, but um, that's not why I drink coffee every morning. Part of the reason I drink coffee every morning is that I like the way it tastes, and the second reason is it kind of is a habitual thing. I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. I'm a creature of structure. If I get out of, my, out of my normal routine, I get all out of whack and things get weird, so drinking coffee kind of stabilizes my morning and makes sure I'm all squared away and ready to go physically and mentally. Um, But I really genuinely do like the taste of coffee as well. And that's why I don't put anything in it. um, Because if I didn't, if I put something in it, I wouldn't be able to taste it anymore. Uh, And some people think I'm crazy, but I like dark roast coffee, like black, hot. um, Just, uh, there's something. My favorite, I think my favorite cups of coffee are, um, well, Saturday mornings, but. in the morning, especially at the beginning of summer, where it's still a little bit chilly in the mornings, you step out on the front porch. Especially if you're on vacation, you're up north somewhere in the in the north woods. You step out on the porch. You step out on the back patio. You look out in the morning, and you have a, you can see the steam rising up off the cup of off the top of your cup of coffee, and and there's a stark contrast between the coffee you're in your hand and the air around you. You got to put an extra layer on. And usually those days are also days where you know you're about to um, it's about to be a day of hard work, so whether it's running a chainsaw or you know sometimes like little, legitimately just putting in a pier at the lake or or working up at camp or whatever it might be, it's that few moments of comfort. Uh, usually around the time I read my Bible in the morning, just a few minutes with God, a few minutes of comfort. Everything is quiet, everything is simple, and there's no problems in the world. Um, it's just a good chance to relax and kick back and enjoy your coffee. However, if you do not drink your coffee quickly enough on days like that, it very very quickly is a much less enjoyable experience. If you've ever tried to drink cold coffee, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about iced coffee. I'm not a huge fan of iced coffee, but I can understand the appeal. I can understand people that like the flavor of coffee. You like iced coffee, especially in the summer, but... There is a difference between iced coffee and just plain old cold coffee or even worse, lukewarm coffee. Because cold coffee, you're like, I can just get it down. But lukewarm coffee is just gross. Nobody likes lukewarm coffee. The best thing you can do with lukewarm coffee is simply to spit it out. And based on that uh, introduction, some of you already know what I'm going to talk about today or can guess what I'm going to talk about today. Um, But this is a concept, this lukewarm idea and spitting out lukewarm coffee. It's a concept you can find in scripture um, in Revelation chapter 3, actually. We're going to start at uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, and we're going to go to the end of the chapter. It says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich, and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and a salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love and I rebuke and discipline to be earnest and to repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, ladies and gentlemen, God is very, very, very clear in that passage. He does not like those who are lukewarm. He says if you are lukewarm, he's going to spit you out. Now that serves as a warning for each one of us, and I, that's where I want to go first, is this idea that if we are lukewarm Christians, God says he, we disgust him. Okay. He says, if I have put faith in your heart, go and be clean. Go wash yourselves. Go live as children of the light. Go live out your righteousness now that I've given it to you. And he's very clear about what that means. He's very clear about um, how he feels about lukewarm Christians. To be lukewarm means you are not either cold or white hot. Christ calls us to be the salt of the earth. He calls us to be a light in the darkness. And you can't be a light in the darkness if your battery's running out. A flashlight with no batteries is worthless. It doesn't get you anywhere. And a dim flashlight is just frustrating because it's going to get you into the room, but it's not going to help you find what you need. Same thing goes for salt. If salt isn't salty, what use is it? You can t- it's a, it's a, this is a uh, reference from scripture as well. If salt isn't salty, what use is it for? You throw it on the ground and you let it be trampled underfoot. That's a stern warning for all of us and one that we should heed. But I have a sneaking suspicion that if you're listening to this podcast, if you're chasing genuine masculinity and you care enough about being a man and being a man of God, that you're actually listening to this podcast and taking time out of your day, you're likely not lukewarm or you already have, this is already something that's on your heart and your mind and you're working hard not to be a lukewarm Christian, you're working hard to let your light shine in the darkness, that's the whole point of this project, so... What I want to take this today is a warning about the people around us, the people we associate with I, I've had a couple different conversations with people in the last couple of weeks uh, where they're talking about their friends and you talk about you know friends and relatives and people you spend the most time with and my favorite rule, and you've heard me talk about this before and you'll hear me talk about it again, but my favorite rule is to have a basketball team for yourself, so including yourself, you should have a basketball team, four or five friends who are. Uh, in your life on a daily basis. You communicate with them often. They can speak into your heart and into your life. There's no part of your life that's out of bounds to them. They're welcome to have those conversations with you. And you guys have all met <laughs> the men who are that, that close to me. They've been on the podcast. We've been having those conversations. Um, and I encourage you to do the same and to have a group of people like that. Go find men of men of God who are in the Word, who are chasing the same things you're chasing, who are heading in the same direction as you, who believe most of the same things you do. You don't have to agree 100% on everything everything. everything. That's what makes us unique and special and and drives us to be better when we disagree. But you ought to have those friends. But those friends have to be on fire for Jesus. Those friends have to be full of the Spirit. Um, And uh, that's where we go wrong a lot of times, is we have friends from our past, friends that we grew up with, friends that are a part of our family, um, friends from high school, friends from college, whatever it might be. But we have friends who do not live Um, in the light. And some of those friends are people who have never been Christians. They've never had faith or they've never really had faith. Um, They've never been written in the book of life and they're living out sinfulness because they live in darkness. God does not tell us to forget those friends and leave them behind. In fact, he says just the opposite. He says, live, live, as a bright shining light, be the lighthouse in their life, show them where the right path is, help guide them towards scripture, help guide them towards eternal life. Stay in those people's lives, um, but make sure you don't keep them in your super close circle uh, where they're going to affect your faith and affect your life. The people God warns us about are the people who have been given the Holy Spirit, the people who have been raised in the church, the people who have gone to Christian day schools and who have confessed their faith and yet do not live it out. In First Corinthians nine or five, in First Corinthians five, verses nine to eleven, he says, I have written to you in my letter not to associate with the sexually immoral people. Not at all, meaning the people of this world who are immoral, the greedy and the swindlers or idolaters. But in that case, you would have to, <laughs> if you were going to stay away from those people, you'd have to leave this world. But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater or a slanderer or a drunkard or a swindler with such man. With such a man, do not even eat. Paul says the people who are of this world, the people living out in the world who do not have Jesus as their Savior, you can't expect them to live according to the law. You cannot expect them to live according to the same moral code by which you live, and you can't try to convince them to do so. The only reason to live like that, the only reason to deny the desires of the flesh, the only reason to have any self control is. To protect your faith and to say thank you your heavenly father for giving you a gift of life those people are not the people you got to worry about because you know they live in darkness and they know that you live in the light it's the people who have the gift of the holy spirit who choose not to live that way. People who say that they're Christians, people who say they're members of the church, people who say they're written in the book of life, but they are not. Instead, they still live in the sinful ways that they had before they were saved. They still live out the sinful lifestyle that they were living before they found Jesus or before the word came into their hearts, before they had faith in their hearts. Faith should change you. Faith should bring you on a direction toward heaven. Faith should bring you righteousness. If you don't live righteously after you've come to faith, you do not have faith. Faith is proven by the works that you do. Now, we can get really close to works righteousness here, but understand that scripture says living faith is proven by actions. If you don't act like a Christian, if you don't act like you have faith, your faith is dead. Paul gives us a very stern warning about these people. He says, do not associate with them. Do not even eat with them. Do not call them friends. Do not let them be a part of your life because these people are dangerous. Um, You'll hear authors from the Christian world, authors from the secular world, um, very, very intelligent people. Pretty much anyone who you meet who is a great man will tell you that you will look like and act like The people you spend the most time with. So, if you want to be successful, you have to spend time with successful people. If you want to be in shape, if you want to be fit, you got to spend time with fit people. If you want to be stronger, you got to spend time around strong people. You want to be more musically inclined, you got to spend time with more people who are musically inclined. You will become a picture of the people you spend the most time with. And if you choose to spend your time with lukewarm Christians, if you choose to spend your time uh, surrounded by people who are weak in their faith or who Call themselves a brother and do not act like one. You will find yourself on the same path. I want to read one more passage to you from Proverbs 25 verse 26. It says, like a muddied spring or a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. I'm going to read that one more time. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. A righteous man who gives way to the wicked. Now, notice it doesn't say a righteous man who takes part in wickedness. It does not say a righteous man who gives up his faith and surrenders his his righteousness. He says a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. A righteous man who allows wickedness to continue in his own house. Who righteousness? A man, a righteous man who allows wickedness to go unchecked. A righteous man who does not, who allows wickedness to. Uh, Continue to operate around him Here's why he's dangerous One, he has sacrificed his integrity And let evil in You wouldn't open the door And let the robbers into your house, would you? There's a reason you have a front door on your house so You can control who comes in and out There's a reason you have a gate On the front of the city So you can keep the enemy out And keep your friends in There's a reason you have uh, Barriers between you and the world around you You wouldn't let the wolves in So why would you let evil in? You wouldn't let destruction in. So why would you let wicked men in? Do not let wicked men in your house. Do not let wicked men be a part of your life because you are sacrificing your own integrity. Secondly, if you are a righteous man who does not live according to the law, or if you are a righteous man who allows the people around him, his closest friends, to be wicked, you are going to deceive the people, either the foolish, the young in faith, or the weak in faith. You're going to deceive them, and you're going to chase them into wickedness as well. They're going to look to you to be a leader. These people look to us as men to lead them. And if we lead them into paths of wretchedness instead of paths of righteousness, it would be better for us to have a millstone tied around our neck and be thrown into the depths of the sea. The Lord makes it very clear who we are as Christians and who we are as men and who we are as women of God. And we need to take his warnings seriously when he says, do not associate with people who are lukewarm in faith. So my encouragement to you today is to look around you. Make sure you have a basketball team of men surrounding you who are on fire for Jesus who spend daily time in the Word, who are willing to speak into your life and willing to let you speak into their life, who share the wisdom and who are walking a path of righteous masculinity. If you don't have that, go find it. <laughs> reach out to me. Reach out to the people in the, in the Gird Up community and find some friends. Find some relatives. Find some neighbors who you can depend on and who are going to chase you down this path of righteousness. Second thing you need to do is you need to seriously consider who it is that you let into your heart and into your life. If they do not bring you closer to Jesus or if they claim to be Christians and do not live it out, cut them out of your life. Cut them out of your heart. Two things might happen. One, you might and you probably will live more righteously because of it. Without their influence on your heart and on your mind, you're going to be closer to your Heavenly Father. The other thing it might do is it might finally be that straw, that last piece of the puzzle that snaps into place for your friend that says, yo, now one more friend has left you. One more person who loves Jesus has chosen to take you out of their life. Maybe that's their wake-up call that they need, and they'll come back to the Heavenly Father. But you can't control that. What you can control is your own heart and your own life, and you can't control the influences that you allow into your heart and into your life. So own that. Make that a part of who you are and what you are. And don't be afraid to live in the world. Don't be afraid to be a light in the darkness. But run, flee from men who do not live out their calling as men of God. They are lukewarm. God will spit them out. And he'll spit you out with them if you don't change the way you live. God bless you. I hope you have a great week. Gird up and be the man that God created you to be. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook, under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as GERDUP underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.